game should not be ten over ten hours long. That is you. That's literally you. Am I wrong? Yeah. Should they be? Should I? I am wrong. You are wrong. Why? Because Breath of the Wild was the best fifty-eight hours of my life. Yeah, but imagine Breath of the Wild being ten hours and it still being the best ten hours of your life. But I got forty-eight more hours out of it than you want me to. Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining us on another steaming hot edition of Cup of Joes. I'm your host, Joe Brown, joined by my best friend, Joe Perry. And Joe here on episode 86. We're going to have to recap a couple of directs and recap my weekend in Baltimore that I spent at the end of it because I know you were curious about it. So, Joe Perry, good sir, how are you? Fine. How are you, Joseph? It's been a day. Wow. It's National It's National Forensic Science Week, and it's been quite the week already, and I already want it to be over. <laughs> okay. I, I wasn't expecting that as your response. I appreciate it. I appreciate the honesty of it, but, you know, mm-hmm. I wasn't expecting it. National You need a whole week to celebrate science? What's that supposed to mean? Well, it's like a whole week long. You can't get a day, like National Taco Day or or something, National Ice Cream Day. Are you saying my job isn't important? Is it a week's worth important compared to tacos or pancakes? Wow, I remember this, Joe. Also, you're right. It does come out on the 4th of October. (laughs) That game we we talked about before we were recording? Yeah, Overwatch 2 comes out on the 4th of October. (laughs) Okay, thank you. Thank you for filling everybody (laughs) in on the game. (laughs) We were talking he about was answering Overwatch a question too. that was not posed on the recording. It's fine. It's fine. Let there be some mystery, Joseph. <laughs> Jeez. Like, oh, my God. Like, oh, my God. All right. So, last week was the long-anticipated oh Nintendo Direct. Uh, it was, like, over 40 minutes. It was actually a lot going on. Uh, yeah. It, it was, like, a, it was an hour long because I was working, and I was like, man, I really, I'm watching this. This is great. It's going to be 20 minutes long, and 40 minutes later, it was like, okay, this needs to end because I need to go do some other things. Yeah, it was a lot longer than I had thought it would be. And then, uh, you know, if you're if you're a fan of uh, of farming life sims and, you know, making friends with the locals and, and uh, you know, growing crops and everything like that, you really went out on this direct because there was, like, literally, like, five different farming, you know, like slice of life you know simulator games it. it seems weird it. right it seems weird for nintendo to consciously put so many similar games in the same direct i was like they're like hey check out farming simulator 2022 and i was like oh cool and then like hey check out i own a barn and a cow and a farm 2022 and i was like what's the difference and then they're like hey you want to plant stuff? Plant me coming out 2022. And I was like, what's with the farm sins? We get it. Yeah. So I'm just looking down the list as we're going to go over like some of the most important uh, things revealed in the direct, but Harvest Moon, A Wonderful Life is getting a remake as Story of Seasons, A Wonderful Life. Faye Farm is another one with a mix of magic and farming. Uh, Harvestella gets a demo. There was one that was like, 
you have to save the world through like growing crops or something. I don't remember which one that was. And like your dad, your dad died, and like you really gotta oh. grow. You really gotta grow those tomatoes if you if you want to save the planet. Are you? Do you mean? Do you mean? Um, what was it? Uh, do you mean start? It was like a Starney Valley clone, but it was like on heroin or something like that. Yeah, and then ver- and then various day life was the other one that I'm seeing here on the on the list. So. Yeah, that's four. And then there was SpongeBob SquarePants uh, Farm Bikini Bottoms. That was another one that was on there. There you go. There you go. Okay. It wasn't. I was a joke, everybody. There was a SpongeBob game, though. Yeah, SpongeBob SquarePants The Cosmic Shake Swims to Switch in 2023. I thought the name. I thought that was the whole name for a minute. The Cosmic Shake (laughs) Swims swims to Switch. I, I was like, ah, oh, that's not. It's like, crap. it's like, man, Nickelodeon's really getting, uh, getting meta here with their titles. They're, they're really kind of doing it up. All right. I was actually, su- I was surprised. Okay, I'm no, sorry. no, go, go ahead. To... No, no, go ahead. Okay, um, so like watching the, I watched what GamesCon, um, when that happened, and there was a lot of good games in there, and then I was surprised to see one or two on the direct, um. Specifically, Endless Dungeon. I was surprised to see the Endless Dungeon on um, this Direct, because it's a pretty big game, another roguelike um, that's set in space that's coming out that I signed up to playtest and hopefully get into. But I was very surprised to see that coming to the Switch, because it made me think, it was like, oh, maybe I'll get it for the Switch instead of for my computer. And um, I was surprised some of these games were not saved for a Nindy's showcase. And I know not every like obviously Harvest Moon's not a an indie if you want to call it oh, that. But oh, like indie. Okay. Yeah, it's nin- want- the Nindies, Nintendo oh, Nindy, Indie. It's Nintendo their branch. Indie it's a whole yeah. like branch of development under Nintendo, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. and so they'll have they'll have Nindy showcases that are like essentially like Nintendo directs but for indie games that they're partnering with or whatever so i was surprised especially for some of those farming games but other things which made this video this whole presentation like 43 minutes long i was surprised some of those things weren't taken out so that bayonetta and fire emblem and you know breath or tears of the kingdom i should say got more shine so let's start let's start there because obviously that's the biggest and most important news to us joe and for most of people watching yeah. Throw this microphone across the room. What? You don't think the sequel to Breath of the Wild is the most important thing to talk about from the direct? Oh, that's not what I thought you said. I thought you said. I was like, I heard Fire Emblem was the most important thing in the Nintendo Direct, and I was like, excuse me, Joe Brown. I understand you like Fire Emblem, but you can get your whole ass out of this room right now. You should go get a. You should get your ears cleaned because I clearly say the Tears of the Kingdom, the most important thing in the direct here. So we got the I, reveal of I the name. Keep forgetting that that's the name of it. So right. It was, like, I I true. All right. So let's go over the name because remember, Joe, if you remember when we were here, you were over my house and we recorded the episode. We were trying to think of something for the seek for the for the title of it. We we was like it's going to be of the something, you know, kind of keep the same cadence to it, but like. Tears of You're the right, Kingdom, bro. right? Tears of the Kingdom is is fine. I just think it's like a little, I don't know, a little weird. I also think I can't fathom the people that needed the clarification on if it was tears or tears. 
Because that was a real thing. No, that was a real thing on the internet. People were like, how do you pronounce this? It's like, well, there's tear droplets in the the trailer from E3 last year. There have been tear key items in previous Zelda games. Like it's and it's Tears of the Kingdom. And remember, the direct was delayed because the Queen died, and it's called Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah. So why well, on earth would it be Tears of the Kingdom? That just doesn't even. It's not even a sentence. Well, it doesn't make sense. Well, it makes sense in the sense if you look at the artwork, all of these pieces of Hyrule are now floating in the sky. So tears of the kingdom, like the ground is tearing itself apart. But you still wouldn't call it tears, though. You like tear? You would say hey, tear, I'm, maybe. But I'm sorry. I'm sorry to say this, but like you can call anything anything now. Like it could have been that, and I understand why people would. Have I, I, it. I don't. I don't understand how people thought it was tears when it's like clearly tear, thought, tears I, are a thing in Zelda games. I, like, I will say like. Tears made the most sense. Also, if the if Hyrule is breaking, is tearing apart, like it would bring tears to the people of Hyrule, and like, as it would for the people when the queen dies, which is tears again. Crazy. Like they also said they delayed it because they felt like it would be a spoiler for something. Um, I don't remember what they said it would be a spoiler for, but the, I remember I remember seeing an article saying they delayed the say, the the announcement of the name of the game. Earlier, due to it being a spoiler, yes, for I remember. Else. I remember that vaguely. Yeah, I don't um, know. I don't remember. I don't know what it was. I can't remember it. What it was talking to, but yes, this was. I was very excited um, when they announced this. It's on my calendar. I'm pumped. Um, can't wait to get back with my good boy Link. Um, side note for Joseph, mm-hmm. uh, I have my first tattoo scheduled for january 2nd no and it's going it's going to be a zelda themed tattoo you didn't um, tell me this it, it happened within the last like few weeks so i just got it in the books put my deposit down it's gonna be great um, nice i'm very happy yeah and then i also might book another one with another artist in charlotte because he offered to give me half off due to him wanting to do the character that i want um, so are we not going to get our matching uh, Wind Waker tattoos now? We can get that. This one's going to be the Ocarina of Time themed Zelda. So, okay, that's fine. Um, I'm gonna. And then, I'll allow I'm it. Gonna, and then I'm gonna get Deku tattooed on me as well. Yeah, <laughs> he's my he's my favorite boy. Yeah. Um, all right, get back to the key, the the gameplay right. here. It looked. But here's the thing. There's, there, we don't have a lot to go off. The trailer didn't show any more than anything else that we've seen so far. Besides giving us a name, and besides Link dramatically opening in a large door, um, we saw... It was a very large door. We did see one thing of him like landing on something that was flying through the air, but that's about really all we could say for what's going on with that game we saw multiple things earlier well it had like the murals of like the paint changing stuff which was mirroring breath of the wild with those murals about the fight of humanity ganon so like there's definitely a lot of mirroring you know symmetry going on in these two games i believe someone also made a comment stating that this is the first Zelda game that is using the same Hyrule as the previous game. Yeah, I don't. I don't think any sequel to any Zelda game has used a similar area um, like this one has. Because because they've all, every every you know if, every, if one comes a, out every six years, it's always been reimagined. You know. Well, it's not. Yeah, I guess it's like reimagined, but it's also always been like the next champion of time. 
yeah. who is also named like Link, but the, they expect you they expect you to name him something different. Um, so like that's this is a pretty big deal. We're we're excited at the Cup of Joe's house about this game, but Joseph, as much as I was excited to see the Breath of the Wild sequel, I do need to say <laughs> I was pretty pumped about the Pikmin Four being announced. Really. They haven't put out a game for, I don't know, how long? A long time. A long time. Well, you could play the uh, Pikmin Mobile Pokemon Go game where you can walk around around the city and plant flowers if you want. I have tried it. What do you think? It's like Pokemon Go. Oh, okay. I've I've never been a Pikmin fan, to be honest, so I was not... I was not excited... Like... If we talk about the whole Miyamoto segment where he comes out and he's like, by the way, Mario movie still exists. Won't show you any footage, though. Also, Pikmin 4 exists, still still exists because they announced that forever ago and then canned it and brought it back. So, Pikmin 4 still exists. Won't show you any footage, though. And then he just dipped. So, that was a little... They, sh- they showed us some. Nope. They not for, us- no, not for... They had, like, the little, the little guy. The red guy. That's... That's, that's not, like... No. No. No, I'm not counting. I'm not counting. They showed they showed your character with Pikmin fighting an enemy. No, that was just Pikmin in general. He was talking about no, that was in the that's the from the new game, bro. What are you talking about? They showed them. They showed them sleeping. They showed all this stuff. Hold on, because this article says we didn't learn too much about it. Shigeru Miyamoto stopped by Nintendo Direct to announce that Pikmin Four will finally be released on Switch in 2023. He announced that the way you play the game is closer to the ground than closer to the Pikmin. There's the, it shows a picture of it. Yeah, I the, see that, but like you don't. It's not. It's not enough. It's not enough. That's what. Of course, I'm it's not enough, but it's there. The game was. The game, as it says in this article, the game was nearing completion in 2015. And now it's coming out in 2023. So I think people deserve more information. I think we deserve more information about Zelda, but whatever. But Zelda, we've at least been getting stuff. Like, we had the E3, then we had the delay in the spring, then we had... This one here, and then we know it's coming out in May. So if there's a a January Nintendo Direct or something like that, that um, you'll probably get another thing from the from from Zelda, another snippet on it. But like honestly, I'm at this point with Tears of the Kingdom that I don't even necessarily need more information on it. You know what I mean? Like uh, I guess, it's, but the game, it kind of it kind of sells itself at this point. It's a sequel to one of the greatest games Nintendo has ever made. Well, yeah. So yeah. like they don't they don't need to spoil everything for me on that like because I'm gonna get it. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, so like it's okay if they didn't show us much in the Zelda trailer. That's what it was compared to Pikmin where. That, that franchise has been so dormant for so long that you really got to sell people on it to get it, to get the chart, the hype back. And he, I don't think him with that little snippet and a, a four t-shirt from Miyamoto, I don't think that's enough. Well, they, he, they showed a little bit afterwards. But I, yeah, it's, it's, I'm just saying. I, I think, I think the people that are Pikmin fans are still going, are, we're still hyped. I shared 
I shared it with two friends of mine who are very big Pikmin fans, and they both almost fell out of their chairs. Okay. Well, I'm likely not going to be. Why not? You never played? Pretty... Did you not? I've n- yeah. Never I, really I, I played Pikmin on the GameCube once, and I just maybe I was just too. It wasn't for you. I was just too dumb. I was too young, or something. I just really didn't get it. But I've never really been interested in it and then like I don't really like Alomar in Smash either like he's very frustrating a character <laughs> too like just being completely honest that's another I'm just, I'm being honest with you that is another reason that I don't find Pikmin appealing because of Smash that's fine but I was gonna say like in Smash the Alomar's character is like the worst and that's not how he is in Pikmin no I just don't like, enjoy he's... playing against the character you know yeah, that's fair. That is a hundred percent fair. But um, let's talk about let's let's move on to some other. Games. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna hone in on your hate hatred for Pikmin. Um, I yeah, Joe. I've known you for let's say nine years now. I think it's nine years. I don't know if it was ten. It's probably nine, eight or nine years now. I've never once heard you mention this love of Pikmin that you've had. Yeah, I know. It was just exciting to see it. Like, I played the original one. I played the second one. I didn't really play the third one. I don't even remember. I thought it was going to be Pikmin 3, so I don't remember there being a third one. Um, The game has always been interesting to me. I've always found it very interesting. Um, You being a small man that crash lands on an alien planet and your ship breaks and you need to go home. It was always like, as a kid, it was like a game that I always played, but I could never beat. And that's what made it much more interesting to me is I could never... I could never beat it, so I never knew what I was doing. I always ended up, like, walking around and, like, getting right. lost and, like, falling into these huge traps of these huge enemies, but I would somehow always end up beating them, and I was always just... It was always very interesting. I always never knew what I was doing, but it was still an interesting game. Um, but it doesn't compare to my love for, like, Zelda and Bioshock and all that other stuff. Yeah. Okay, so let's move on to the next game the other like i guess the next biggest in announcement which was the biggest wait, we, for me obviously. we might i was gonna say we might have two different opinions on the next biggest announcement but well go ahead. it's well it's listed next on the article joe fair uh i guess we'll find out what you think it was but uh for, for me fire emblem engage was announced as a new mainline series game for fire emblem and it comes out in january so that's like a uh I want. I didn't mean Pokemon. Nintendo and Intelligent Systems do this a lot with the Fire Emblem games, where they'll give it like four or five months of marketing. Like they won't really push it for years, like how Nintendo does with uh, with Zelda and Mario games and stuff like that. So it's surprising that it is coming so quickly. But if you think about how we haven't gotten the mainline Fire Emblem games since the summer of 2019. Like, we got Fire Emblem Hopes, which was the Warrior spinoff this year, this summer. Um, but it has been since 2019, since we got a mainline game. It definitely makes sense. It feels like it is time for one, and I'm very excited about the new game. Great. I'm glad you're super pumped about it, Joe. I'm, I, can't, I can't wait to hear you tell me about it when you play it. Was I was surprised that a, it was the first video. You know what I mean? They started the director of Fire Emblem. I thought I thought it would be a little bit deeper in because that's another one of their that's like another like bread and butter of theirs that they always kinda like pull out is the Fire Emblem series. They're like, Oh, check it out, look what we got. Yeah. I am like I am 
interested to find out some of the decisions behind it because if you saw the trailer if you saw there's like 12 different icons of different fire emblem characters from previous games that the the current characters in fire emblem engage can call on they call them emblems uh so like the main character the guy with the red and blue hair he calls on marth and an emblem of Marth comes and helps him in battle and stuff. But there's like Marth and Corrin and Ike and Lucina and different, you know, different things. So I wonder how that's going to work. Because it could just be like somewhat of a replacement to the pair-up mechanic that was in uh, the 3DS Fire Emblem games. Like it could be somewhat of a pseudo replacement. And you, it looks like you build bonds with those emblems as well. Like So like a, a unit, like Sigurd was on a, uh, a horse. So he's a cavalier. Uh, and they, in the trailer, paired up with one of the new characters that's also a a cavalier. So there's, like, synergies. Like, and then a girl who was a mage had the mage Celica as her emblem. You know, so there's, like, positive bonuses to matching classes and stuff. But, like, is it only going to be those 12 characters? Or are we going to get, like, 30 historically popular Fire Emblem characters from the franchise? Because this game was, like, the rumors were it was supposed to be released for the 30th anniversary and it's so much like Fire Emblem Heroes, the mobile game, or in that game, you're also summoning heroes to your aid on it. So um, it definitely makes sense why the two are so connected. But like, it looks more classic, like tile-based Fire Emblem compared to uh, Three Houses, which I know is going to sound dumb because it also was on tiles. And but it just it felt different. Like if you look at Three Houses compared to the other Fire Emblem games, it just doesn't feel the same on the map there. So I like that uh, Engage is actually visually like going back to more of that like consistently tile-based uh, fighting with like clear squares, like clear black lines. And uh, I don't know how else to explain. If you, you would have had to play three houses and then looked at Engage to see what I'm referring to. I got you. I got you. Well, I'm glad that you're pumped about the Fire Emblem game. I know it's a big part of your... Uh... <clears throat> big part of your i was gonna say life but i feel like it's a weird way to say that. no I but it like is 20- i mean it was for a long time like i played a lot of fire emblem heroes the first two and a half years i was super hardcore like i was i, I would say i was a dolphin i wasn't a whale but um i was pretty big into that and then i, I quit cold turkey because i spent like a 100 bucks and didn't get the unit i wanted and i said what am i doing with my life and i deleted it and i haven't t- i haven't touched it since but all the fire emblem games you know uh, I've been he went back and played some of the older ones as well. Um, yeah. Ever since I started, so that is fair. It's it's probably one of my top three franchises in general. But you know, I don't know if it's third because obviously Pokemon and Kingdom Hearts are one and two. Like it's probably third, and if it's not, like it's it's fourth or fifth. So it's up there for me. It's one of your top five at least. Right. League would there be in go. there, and then I'd have to think no, about a fifth one. No. 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 It's up there. I'm sorry, Joe. No. Joe. Joe. League of Legends has me reading a book. Can you believe that? A book. First off, League it's not like League of Legends isn't what pulled you in. It was what is it, team fight tactics? No. I was playing I've been playing League forever. We didn't play in college, and I played a lot of League in college. I play I started in season three. In season three of oh, League of we, Legends. Yeah, we, we talked about this. It yeah. was not when you were in college. 
Um, what? I keep yes, I was. I was a sophomore we... in college in Forest Hills playing with Mark and Jeff and all all of my communication friends that we were playing league every as a sophomore and junior. Me and my roommates were also playing league in junior year, like just like yelling and screaming at each other. Yeah, so you probably stopped playing by the time I met you in the latter uh, latter half of junior year, the second half. For me, no, you, I met you, you, it I was met, your oh, senior yeah, 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 year, senior my year. junior year, right? I think I was still playing. I don't, but I think you weren't really. I think we didn't like talk about it. I think we both were ashamed of it. <laughs> you couldn't tell anybody. Yeah, we weren't allowed to tell anybody about it. Um, anyway, so my big announcement that I thought was pretty big was the um, is the announce was the announcement of the new N sixty four games coming to the Switch. Oh, Mister Goldeneye. The no, well, yeah, that one, but more of like Mario Party and Pokemon Stadium. Like all of those were all announced about coming to this coming to the Switch in the next in the upcoming month. I think I think the both of the Mario parties are coming out. Um Yeah, I've got it uh right here. So Goldeneye, Pilot Wings, Mario Party one and two uh well wait, actually it's not it's it's not ordered, so I'll do it here. So, Goldeneye, Pilot Wings, Mario Party 1, 2, 3, Pokemon Stadium 1 and 2, 1080 Snowboarding, and Excite Bite 64 are all coming in 2022 or 2023. I believe the first what? batch drop is Mario Party 1 and 2, and then 3 comes next year, and then yeah, Stadium and 1 and Stadium 2 is next year, but I could be wrong about the time. No, 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 you're right. You're, you're right, uh, because... Um, the snowboarding game is the first one to drop this year. It's that game, and then it's the Mario Party games. Right. And then I think, and then I think, Excite Bike is within the next is uh, in twenty twenty three. Yeah. But yeah, that was that was what I thought was a pretty big. And then of course, like the announcement of GoldenEye. That's that was pretty big as well. I I am excited to play GoldenEye. Not. On an N sixty four controller, you know what I mean? For real, yeah, for real. And right? just see like, how the aiming. game holds up without that nonsense controller. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right, N sixty four games, great. What's next? All right, we got Kirby's Return to Dreamland Deluxe brings a Wii Classic to the Switch. I haven't really played many Kirby games in my life. I know some people are gonna kill me for it i played the one on super nintendo a lot as a kid but i think i did too i also the one game i did play on um on gamecube was the kirby what was it kirby speed racer whatever one we were like like speeding around a city collecting power-ups and fighting your friends was that, it air ride kirby air ride kirby air ride that's yeah. what it was mm-hmm um, but yeah, I haven't played a lot of Kirby. I played the one on N64 and that was about it. I've got some friends that are big Kirby fans. Like our, our boy Schnabel's a big Kirby fan, so I'm sure he'll be excited about this new, did, uh, game. Didn't you both play the newest Kirby? No, he did. He did. He, stre- he, was yeah. stre- he was streaming it, but, uh, no, I didn't, I didn't buy it. I figured, cause yeah, cause didn't Kirby come out when the Persona 4 Arena Ultimax and, uh, yeah. Final Fantasy Strangers of Paradise and Tunic and... 
um, Tiny Tina's, and like the, it was just like a whole time. It came out in this. It did come out in the spring. Yeah. Uh, up next, one of Joe's most anticipated games because he's just a really big fan of the name because it's a really good name. Classic Square Enix continues. Why do you Why do you lie to our listeners? Like this? <laughs> Octopath Traveler Two announced with new heroes in the same wonderful 2D HD art style. This was actually a pretty big announcement, I would say. Octopath has kind of gained a, I don't want to say cult following, but like a a a large following for Square Enix and for JRPG fans. So the fact that Octopath they didn't just make a sequel in the same art style, like they made a whole new thing with eight new characters with their eight new stories. Like it's like a whole full fledged like they didn't phone it in, which I respect Square for not doing. Yeah. Eight new characters with eight new stories, with eight new headphones, with eight new pairs of wheels and eight new trucks and eight new everything okay the numbers the numbers eight espn eight the outro <laughs> dodgeball uh up next bayonetta three got a new trailer showcasing everybody's favorite umbra witch i'm not a big bayonetta fan uh again because of smash <laughs> just like just like alomar uh it I'm being genuinely honest that Smash 4 made me uninterested to ever play a Bayonetta game. Uh, I know it's been forever now since we talked about it, but if you remember, Joe, I was not a fan of Bayonetta's hair design when they first showed this off. Uh, I still think her hair looks really weirdly uh, placed on her head, but it is what it is. But I'm happy for Bayonetta 3, or Bayonetta fans that they're finally getting their game right before Halloween, October 28th. Yeah, that'll be... People have been kind of excited about that. Just like how you've been... We're excited about Metroid. Right. People have been, like, pumped about Bayonetta. So we don't have to talk about everything, so we'll skip some things. Uh, Crisis Core, Final Fantasy VII Reunion, will be released December 13th. That was pretty big that it showed up in the Switch trailer, uh, because there was a lot of new footage. Like, I guess new is somewhat of a uh, uh, yeah. oxymoron, since it's a remake, but they're also, like changing a lot of things significantly from the game uh, and most people kind of view the switch version as like not optimal because it's going to be visually so subpar compared to the ps5 so uh that was pretty cool that the switch and nintendo actually like showed it off and uh they're getting it at the same time as everyone on uh, playstation's getting it too yeah it's pretty cool pretty cool Wave 3 of Mario Kart 8 Deluxe course will include tracks from Mario Kart Tour and Mario Kart DS. I haven't played uh, Wave 2, and I only played the first wave when it like, first came out for a couple hours, so I didn't play too much of it. I feel like Nintendo was really underselling their DLC waves for Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Like, I feel like it could be a bigger deal every time, because they're adding like a whole bunch of new courses to the game for a game that's been out forever. You know what I mean? And it's kind of just like going under the radar and I don't really understand why they're doing it, especially because it's attached to that additional uh, Nintendo Switch Online cost that the name of uh, is escaping me right now. Oh, yeah, I don't remember. Like the thing with that had the extra Animal Crossing stuff and it has this and it has the N64, like whatever that thing is called, that additional cost. Um, Yeah. Like... 
you would think you'd want to promote these waves of Mario Kart DLC because it's behind that thing that you're trying to force people to buy. You don't really force people to buy it when you're like, here, you want the N64 emulator that we have on the Switch? Buy it. And you also get all this other stuff. Yeah, but they want you to pay the additional yearly subscription for these extra, you know, the Animal Crossing content and the Mario Kart. Like, I'm just saying it seems weird uh, to me that yeah. that the new wave of Mario Kart DLC is kind of just, like, tossed in there, you know? Like, it's yeah, not a I big deal. Especially because the Animal Crossing DLC was a big deal when they announced it, you know? Uh, let's see. This one, this one actually makes me irate, Joe. Mario Strikers Battle League gets its second free update this month. And you know who they added? Yeah, I know they added. Pauline and Diddy Kong, who arguably should have been launch characters, and if not, should have came out like a week after the game came out, not, you know, <laughs> three months later. Like, I don't understand Nintendo. They did this with Mario Golf. They did this with Mario Tennis Aces. Um, like, they, like, make a half-baked sports game and take out characters intentionally. And it's not like, you can't say that them at, like, oh, they're adding characters here. Like, they added Daisy. They added Diddy Kong and Pauline. Like, no. These were, especially Daisy, because her files were in the base game and her art and everything like that was in the base game. They took away content and brought it as free DLC, so you can't complain complain that it costs money, but they brought it as DLC later for marketing purposes. Like, when Mario Strikers launched in June, there were 10 characters, and it's a 4v4 game. That means 80% of, your, of the roster is being represented in every single game, and that's just unacceptable. It's way too low. So the fact that it took this long to get Diddy Kong and Pauline, like, you can, Joe, you can tell how worked up I'm getting about this, because, you know, yeah. Schnabel, Schnabel and I were super into Strikers, at the beginning and it's just like they keep doing this with their sports games and every time it's backfiring every time people tell them that it's not a good strategy and it's not working it's not doing you know what they're intending and they just consistently keep doing it with the sports games it is yeah they keep doing it constantly i feel like in a lot of different games too it's not just the sports games they put a lot like it's it's not just nintendo it's like everybody it's like we know like it's i can't believe how some of the what is it how some of these like companies will be like oh yeah blah blah blah, and they'll put the code in the game but they'll block it yeah and then people meet people like mine the information out of the game and they're like well it's here so why don't you just not do that Right, it's like yeah, a lot of a lot of companies have done that. It's like the classic like Mona Lisa meme with video games. If you have ever seen that image, where it's the photo of the Mona Lisa, and it's like what games used to be or what DLC used to be, and you got the full image, and then plus was another little slice of the image. And now yeah. what it is is you have the Mona Lisa with chunks of it missing, plus the rest of those images being sold to you as DLC to yeah, get the complete much. to get the complete picture. It's like a very classic you know phrasing or example in the in the gaming community so it's just truly frustrating that nintendo continues to do it and i would not expect that it would stop uh anytime soon because this is nintendo that we're talking about nintendo all right let's what else we got? What else let's we run got? through splatoon 3's first Splatfest. we'll have inklings choose between gear grub or fun okay what would you choose um 
I knew you would choose Grub. I was gonna say it, but I didn't want to. Didn't want to jinx you. So. All right. I have a question about the next one. The Resident Evil Cloud will let you switch. Would let switch owners like play Resident Evil mm-hmm. um, Village. What does that mean? Is it so? It's like a cloud-based game. It's it's still it's one of the games because they had it with Kingdom Hearts two. Uh, no, nah, I won't say Kingdom Hearts two. As in Kingdom Hearts two also, not the number two. Yeah. Um, that it is you are playing on a cloud storage, like an online version of it. So you have to be connected to the internet to be able to play it. And the game is the game's files and everything are existing through the internet, existing through the cloud. So it's not like downloaded onto your switch or anything mm-hmm. like that. So for say, Why? that's a great question. Uh, so for people who don't have good internet connections or for consoles that don't have good internet support, like the switch that doesn't have any ethernet access, you know, and they can get that adapter, but in, in the base set, you don't have ethernet connection. Uh, it is like, it's like you're playing at 240p and like lag is <laughs> happening. But if, it, if all you have is a switch to answer your question, Joe, and you wanted to play it, well then there is your way of playing it. I don't know if it's a great way to play it, but there is your option. I was I was also wondering if they did that so the graphics could be boosted because I know you can I know you can play off of the Nvidia experience to get like a higher like you can pay yeah. for the subscription with Nvidia and you could pay play play games on a higher graphics card than your computer has through a through a cloud based system. So I thought that maybe that's what they were doing is so that the graphics could look better. Yeah, but the Switch is not a graphical powerhouse, right? No, I know. That's why I'm saying they'd be running the graphics through something in the cloud. Nah, I don't. I think they're just giving you an option. All right. Let's. What else we got? We got. We got the Harvest Moon, a wonderful no, life. Yeah, we um, we talked about all these. Fatal Frame is a. That was an old Fatal Frame. Game. You probably like this that one. That, it was. It was never stuff. released. It was never released in the U.S. It was only released in uh, Japan. Um, then we have Tunic coming later this month, which is amazing. We have It Takes Two arriving on the Switch. That was your game of the year, Joe. It was. It was a great game. No, I'm just saying. That was your game of the year. We should play it together. Are we going through divorce right now? No, but we should just play it. Um, And there's a bunch of other stuff that they don't even have images for. The only only other one I'll mention here is the new Danganronpa uh, game. Was it called? Master Detective Archives Rain Code. Uh, so I recently got into Danganronpa last year with the 10th anniversary special edition on the Switch. I got it, and I uh, beat the first one, and I like it. I like the art style and the thematics and visuals and music and everything like that. Uh, so I'm definitely interested in... I don't know if it's connected to the Danganronpa games, because it's not called Danganronpa. It's just from the creators. It's called Master Detective Archives Rain Code. Uh, but like I, that would be the last game I'd mention here as a, a cool little interesting thing to uh to check out yeah that's pretty cool um i think uh, factorio coming to the switch it's pretty cool to see um of course we get another just dance and then we talked i think me and you talked about or we talked about endless dungeon arriving on the switch as well um so yeah, let's move on. Now let's move on to the PlayStation 
um, state of play that you watched and then immediately told messaged me and said, only watch this trailer. The rest of it wasn't the greatest. Yeah, it's not that it was bad. All the stuff was cool. It's just not, you know, to our taste because we were we were somewhat in a hurry last week. You we were trying to figure out what was important to talk about and stuff like that. So uh, all the all the other stuff is like fine, especially Project Eve, which is now called Stellar Stellar Blade. If you remember at the state of play from like months ago, we talked about that one. That one looked really cool to me still. But like, so yeah. basically, I'll bring it down to these three. It was Tekken Eight was revealed. On PlayStation 5, they announced at Evo back in August that there would be a Tekken 8, but it wasn't like, you know, a CG trailer with, you know, story and, and things like that. So this time around, Tekken 8, they actually had like a fight with the characters like fighting in the rain and like you saw all the muscles and HD and everything, and it was really cool. Uh, Project Eve, like I said, is now Stellar Blade, and that trailer looks just as cool. It is looking, you know, kind of like a Bayonetta game, like a Platinum's game. Um, and I'm still excited for that one. Uh, and then the obvious, obviously the big one is is God of War Ragnarok gameplay. Uh, so what was funny about this was I don't know if you saw any like memes of it online, Joe. Was the, per, the during the presentation they're like, okay, we've got one more announcement for you, and it like fades to black, and it comes up on the God of War controller. And it's like, God of War Collector's Edition controller. Whatever. So the way it was worded made it seem like their like send-off moment of the presentation was, here's a controller. And it was just up there for like 20 seconds. And everyone was like, are you kidding me? I was like, I was watching it with my brother. We're like, there's no way they're ending this on a freaking controller. And then it like fades out and then starts the next, you know, the trailer for Ragnarok with all the new information. So for, oh, thank God. Because Sony would have gotten destroyed if they ended their presentation on a controller. Oh my gosh, I know. So what did you think of the trailer? It was great. It was awesome. It's the boy is bigger. Thor, um, Papa Thor is there and I'm, I'm digging it. You killed his son. So now he's going to come and wreck your shop. Um, the lady is mad at you from the first one. I won't tell you why. Um, my uh, my dwarf buddies are there. We're all good. We're all excited. We're all ready to throw some more axes. Um, I'm ready to throw that axe at Thor's hammer, and then it bounced back to me like it did in the trailer. Um, I'm not going to lie. Also, when I was playing the God, the God of War 2016 or whatever, whatever it came out in 2018. Right? 2018. 2018. Sorry, I'm thinking I was playing Doom last night. That's what I was thinking. Doom about. 2016. Yeah. Um, uh, I was always like, man, I feel like Thor right now. <laughs> I was just like, <laughs> but um, but yeah, no, it was uh, I thought it was fun. I'm excited. I was upset that uh, I didn't try to snag a collector's edition, while at the same time being grateful that I didn't snag a collector's edition, um, because it looks cool, but I also don't need it. So yeah. By the way, I did forget to tell you that I did today. Literally, uh, GameStop launched the collector's editions for Fire Emblem Engage, and like I oh, yeah. ran to my uh, my lo- my local GameStop, pre-ordered it, purchased it in full, so I don't have to worry ran. about it. You know? No, no, you. It's a lot of stuff with pre-orders, especially Nintendo stuff. It goes like that. So yeah, it's, it, they also it's you're more likely to get a collector's edition going to the store. That's why I did it, yeah. the, the stores are allotted some um, more than the online ones, but yeah. So, uh, 
for me on the God of War trailer, I think it looks really cool. I am okay, so I'm interested in no, no, no. I think it looks awesome, and I can't wait to play it. I, I'm talking about the character dynamic. Like, if you remember, most of the first God of War, you know, fourth one, the first one, whatever you want to call it, it's God of War 2018. This in, incarnation of of Kratos, um, a lot of it is like his son's bratty and immature, and he's got to learn, you know, to fight and protect himself and all this stuff. And that's because he was like ten or something. And now let's say he's fifteen or some type of teenage years. And like I wonder if a lot of the story, because in the trailer it's like, oh well, uh, he's got a lot of teenage angst and he doesn't want to listen. It's like I just went through that whole journey. You know what I mean? Like I'm, people might call me crazy for it, and it's not necessarily the same thing because he has a lot more experience now. Um, Atreus, I was I was blanking on his name. Now I just remembered. Atreus, but like, if that's going to be a huge or a a significant portion of the story goes from like young son doesn't want to listen to his dad to now teenage son doesn't want to listen to his dad. Like, I hope I, I have enough faith in those, you know, in the God of War team because of how phenomenal the first game was. So I have the faith that they'll be able to uh, to pull it off and not just make it seem like the exact same thing there. Um, but that was just like the the first concern that really like stood out to me potentially as something that I would be worried about in the story wise, but visual wise, gameplay wise, like obviously it's more Kratos, it's more having fun, and uh, it's it's going to be. A pretty cool experience, I would say. It's going to be interesting to see. <clears throat> Sorry, <clears throat> it's going to be interesting. Interesting to see that you now have two different main protagonists, not protagonists, main characters coming after you, kind of at the same time. So we're dealing with um, Thor, and we're dealing with the lady from the first one. And they're both kind of coming at you pretty hard several different times during the trailer. And dad bod Thor don't mess around. Dad bod Thor going to take you out and spank you in the bottom. <laughs> He's going to show you what's what, and you're going to not be happy about it. But we're going to have to see what happens. So let me ask you, Joe, as I, as I have you here, because I think this is an interesting question. Do you think which game is going to be better? Because obviously Breath of the Wild and God of War... Like, within the last 10 years, probably two of the most iconic, like, well-reviewed games in the last decade. Do you think yeah. Tears of the Kingdom is going to be better, or God of War Ragnarok is going to be better? And whatever better metric you want to use, like, ratings-wise, or is it considerably better than the original? Like, whatever your definition of better, which would you bet is the sequel is going to be better for you? For me? Um... Not necessarily which one you're going to like more because you like Zelda so much. So, which one is going yeah. to be a better game? Well, I'm hoping... I'm hoping that Zelda will be... Oh, God, this is hard. It's a, a tough hard question. It's a tough Very question. Tough because I think the only thing we've seen with God of War is the same mechanics that we saw in the first one. Except this time, instead of fighting ghost um, Valkyrie, we fight living Valkyrie. Um... But I'm sure they're going to hide 
the new mechanics, and we'll see those later. Um, but in Zelda, we've already seen some newer mechanics that will be in the game, which is interesting. So I'm more excited for Zelda, but I'm I'm also equally excited for God of War because God of War comes out in November. Right. So I like I'll play it sooner and I'll finish it sooner than Zelda. So it's more on my mind than Zelda is at the moment. Yeah. That makes sense. No, that's fair. Like, if I had to bet. Because it's tough because if both of the originals are 10 out of 10s, it's hard for the sequels to be better. Like, unless you unless you consider the sequel or the originals 9.5s out of 10, you can make the sequels a 10. Like, in my head, I feel like Tears of the Kingdom has more potential to grow being better than the original because it is doing something so like vastly different than breath of the wild with the air travel and you know traversing and all the different things that we've seen where god of war ragnarok is definitely different and i'm sure there's going to be more combat options and more abilities and different you know things it's not just going to be the same like uh game with a new you know, story on it. Like there's definitely going to be a lot of new things, but I feel like the potential is laying on tears of the kingdom side because of how much more it looks like it has compared to breath of the wild, where I feel like Ragnarok just looks incredibly amazing. Just like God of war did for making sense. Yeah. It, it, it makes sense. It, it's, it is hard to tell it's a like, tough question. which one will be better. It's a tough question. I just it's it's easier to be like God of um, God of War has the potential to be the better game because sooner I have, I'm going to be able to give you a more definite opinion about it sooner than Zelda. Even though I want I want to give more definite opinion about Zelda now. Like I wish it came out this month, but I have to wait until May. And I'm definitely gonna get a collector's edition of it. I hope. I, gotta, I hope I can, I, man. I hope. Joe, Joe, you gotta. If you hear, you gotta be my eyes when I'm like not, like when I'm at work. If you hear about a collector's edition being announced, you gotta let me know. I'll try my best, but like 50% of my texts don't go through to you when you're at work because of your brick walls or whatever. Message me on Discord. Message me. On Facebook, like I get those because they have Wi-Fi at work. But yeah, my cement brick building that I work in doesn't get the best reception. Yeah, I mean, I would probably assume it's going to be pretty soon, right? If you think about it, dude. It's if it's going to be like what they did with God of War, it'll be two months out. Well, if you're thinking Fire Emblem, they did today, and that's in January, like. So if we're looking at it, probably it be, be I don't know October. It all the it all depends. November. I feel like they I feel like they might push it to February so that they could sell their games, their other games that they got. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. Okay. Well, that's all the that's all the uh, the gaming news we have here well, on this no. episode, Joe. Pokemon, your Pokemon Go experience is also gaming news. But that's like, that's an individual, that's our conversation. That's not like the gaming community, you know, PR, like a thing that happened for everybody. The Baltimore regionals did not happen for everybody. 
Well, talk about it. Okay, good. I was waiting. I thank you for the thank you for the great lead into the uh, the conversation, Joe. No, I was like, you're, uh, I already gave you a great lead. It was like, no, we still got to talk about Baltimore, and you're like, well, yeah. I was waiting for your question of like, how did it go, or something like that. Joe, how did it go? Thank you, thank you for that authentic question there, Joe. I appreciate it. So uh, last weekend, I went to. The Baltimore Regional Championships for Pokemon, and because there's no VGC until January, because they're waiting for Scarlet and Violet to come out, there was actually only TCG and and Pokemon Go. So at first, I was actually considering just not going in general and waiting until January to go back to regionals and events and stuff, because, you know, like, just the way the, way the regionals are starting, it's like, there's one in Toronto, there's one in... Uh, in Arlington, Texas, and you know all these other places that I'm like, oh, I don't want to go. I don't want to fly to Dallas to not play VGC. You know yeah. what I mean? So Baltimore yeah. is realistically the only one that's actually close in this window before January. So I was like, well, I got to play some game, and TCG felt a little more tough to get into without like buying a bunch of cards and things like that. So I played Pokemon Go, which I haven't really played since like. 2019 I want to say I used to play hardcore like every day I would walk to uh, I'd walk to and from work every day working in New York City like with the subways Um, I would play like every day hardcore but that was before competitive battles were really a thing like PvP was really a thing so I come back now and it's a lot different and you can watch the streams and like I learned in the how the metagame worked and I have a lot of friends in the Go community that knew me as a VGC caster that were willing to help me out and, you know, give me practice matches and give me tips on what Pokemon to run and things like that. So I was going into a Joe fully expecting to just get shellacked, okay? I was like, listen, it's du- it's a double elimination tournament, just like how, like, fighting games kind of work. So it was a bracket. Um, and you just keep going until you lose twice. And so I was like, if I do anything that's not... 0-2, I will consider it a victory of a weekend. So, show up at, at like 8.30 in the morning because the event starts at 9 a.m. on Saturday morning. And then they say that there's pods for the tournament because they don't have enough. You don't just play Pokemon Go on your own phone, Joe. You actually have to log into these like like uh, the phones that the regional provided, like the organizers provided for you to log in on their side and, and play in there. So that way you're not, like, doing something nefarious on your own phone and they can't check it. You know what I mean? Like, things like that. you got to play by the officially sanctioned stuff that they had or whatever. So I get there, like, 8.30 in the morning. And then they announce. They announce everybody's pods. And I'm pod four out of four. Pod D. And my pod doesn't start until 2 p.m., Joe. So I got there at 8.30 in the morning to be told to come back at 2 o'clock, right? Oh, oh, you're mute. Really? Yes. So my pod started at at 2 p.m. Then I get, you know, I was just, I was like watching the stream and stuff, hanging out. We went and got ramen for lunch. It was good. Um, But I get there at 2 o'clock and they're having Wi-Fi issues because of all of the phones in like the same area working off the same router or something like that. I have no idea what was going on. But basically they then had to... Uh, they had to stagger the matches even more so that there weren't lag moments 
in the matches because they couldn't have all the phones battling each other at the same time for my pod. So my luckily my first round, my opponent, like I don't know if they didn't show up or they got a penalty or something like that, but I won the first round without having to play it. So like I looked at the schedule and it was uh, Zeminon and somebody else, and I I had already won two two nothing or two to negative one because they got in uh, a penalty or something like that. So I was like, let's go! I've already beaten my goal of not going zero and two, and I haven't even played a single second of Pokemon yet. That's how ha- I, was, I was super happy about that. So my first actual game of Pokemon Go when I got there at eight thirty in the morning did not happen until three forty five. That's so late. I was there from 8.30 to 3.45. And I finally played. And I'm telling you, uh, my heart was pounding. Uh, all that tapping, Joe, every time. It's it's life or death when you're tapping those moves, trying to hit your earthquake, trying to hit, you know, whatever you're, whatever you're going for. It's very intense. It was, a, it was a lot of fun. So I win my second match, and I'm 2-0. And then... I see this guy, and he's got a jersey. My next opponent has a jersey. So you know he's legit. He didn't just roll up in a t-shirt. Like, I had a t-shirt on. Like, this dude had, like, a Pokemon Go uniform, whatever you want to call it. Like, he was, in a, he, was a big, he was a big player, you know? Yeah, I got you. So I'm like, oh, man, this is going to be tough. And let me tell you, he absolutely wiped the floor with me like it was it was not even close i'm not even upset a lot of times i get upset when i lose in competitive games like i wasn't even upset at all because this dude was just clearly you know uh he knew what was up yeah he was leaps and bounds better at pokemon go than me so it is it is what it is but i feel i'm so upset because what i had learned was that the judging staff were watching our match and the winner of our match was going to move on to stream next round. So if I had won that match, I would have been on stream, which would have been a really cool thing, you know? Cause that would have been pretty cool. I've never been a player been- on the stream. I've only been a caster on, on the stream. So I would have loved to have been on stream as a player. That's very, very fun. And then my next match after it came down to a game three. Um... And it was really, it was a really intense set. And basically, what happens a lot in Pokemon Go, Joe, if you ever watch the VODs, is like you have different charts. So you have your fast attacks that are just like your regular attacks that build up energy. And then yeah, I remember that when you get a certain threshold, right? You get overheat or Iron Head or you know flamethrower or Sludge Bomb or you know close combat. Those when you build when you build enough energy, you can press it. And in a in a PvP match, people have two shields or two protects, so you can block two charge attacks throughout the entire the entire match. But you got to be strategic about it. You have to count because different charge attacks cost different amounts of energy. So something like on my Wall Rain, his Icicle Spear it took five fast attacks to charge, but his Earthquake took like I don't know, let's say nine. It was eight or nine or something like that. So if <clears throat> If like let's say me and you are uh, me and you are playing, and you see that I only did a fast attack five or six times, and I go for a charge move, you now know it can't be earthquake because it's not enough energy stored up, right? Yeah. But what I can do is I can do fast attacks up until I have both an icicle spear and an earthquake 
charged or uh, have enough energy for both of them and i have to what they call shield bait you where you have to determine is my opponent clicking the optimal charge attack and i need to protect it or shield it which i only get two of for the entire match or are they trying to bait me into wasting a shield on a worse attack and so that's what happened to me in game three my opponent had his uh his skarmory that had wing attack and brave bird and I had called that he was baiting my shield, trying to go for wing attack, when he in fact went for Brave Bird, and I let that huge attack go through. And it just was... I almost won. I was literally one fast attack away. In the end, I almost pulled it back, so I'm happy uh, with that. Like I had some friends watching the match on the side, and they like said I did a good job of pulling it back from such a bad start to that match, but... Uh, so I lost that one. So I was knocked out two and two. I don't know what number in the tournament I ended up finishing in. So um, overall, though, I was really happy that like I know the first win. It's a win technically in the col- in the in the win column, but I didn't actually play anybody uh, for that win. So I'm happy that I actually won a real match against a real person. The, the second match. So I would say, uh, yeah, I would say. A mission complete on not embarrassing myself in the Pokemon Go community because I, I put a, a you know you know Joe I had been walking in the park for three three plus kilometers every single day I'd been doing raids I'd been doing as you know playing the PvP system the you've been you've been getting it you've been getting it going but I've been dude. playing hardcore trying to get ready for this tournament I almost still didn't like I'll so the last thing I'll say is uh my friend Joe Ugarte who's a, a VGC player one of the top players in North America he's also playing Go now because he's got nothing else to do because there's no VGC tournaments so we were like learning together and like battling each other and like doing stuff and so um for Toxicroak my sixth Pokemon on my team I needed like six more candies to give it a second attack and I just like it was just nonsense. Like, this game is the least accessible competitive video game I've ever experienced in my life. Like, trying to find the resources for candies and for Stardust to buy additional attacks and to level up. Like, it's it's actually, like, it's the most, like, bass-ackwards, you know, because I don't want to say it the other way around, uh, competitive game I have ever experienced. And it's incredibly frustrating. So... I'm in Baltimore. We're in its Discord with all these Go players. Uh, and I'm like, I still need six Toxic Road candies or I literally can't play tomorrow because I'm going to be at such a disadvantage. And Joe's like, yo, don't worry. I got you. Come over to my hotel. I got a bunch of Toxic Rows we can trade. And then he would trade it to me and then I would like discard them or uh, release them and get the candies for it or whatever. We pull up. I go. To, I walk to this stupid hotel. Pull. We go to trade. He's like, oh, my bad, bro. I don't have any Toxic Rows. <laughs> he had me go all the way to his hotel because he he was going to help me finish off my tax stroke and he had zero. Luckily, his girlfriend, Sierra, who's also a VGC commentator that I work with, um, she was right there and she had like 12 Toxicros. So she came in clutch and we did those trades and I got, it says, I was literally that close to just like not even having a full team of six when I had been playing hardcore for like the last month and a half straight every day. You know what I mean? So like that, like that's how frustrating of an experience playing Pokemon Go was to try to get into people. Like, I don't know if someone watched, like let's say somebody watched Worlds or somebody watched Baltimore and their first, that was their first ever experience and they wanted to go to a regional. Like, good luck. I, I, I genuinely don't know how you would be able to, 
to to play to field a competitive team. Like I was lucky I had so much banked up from those first three years of playing Go back in the day that if you just started playing a Pokemon Go account in August if you were watching the World Championships and you wanted to go to a regional, like it's it's just functionally impossible with how many resources you would need for it. So uh, the other thing that was frustrating, which I'd want to get your take on, Joe, um, which I don't know how this works, but in order to play, so remember I said you had to log into their phones to for security purposes to make sure you're not hacking or I don't know have yeah. some like programs open on your own phone playing and stuff. They forced us to turn because most people have their account either to Facebook or uh, to Gmail for their Pokemon Go account, right? They forced yeah. us to turn two-factor authentication, whatever that thing is called on your phone, you know what I'm yeah, talking about? Two-factor authentication, yeah. They forced us to turn that off. Ooh, that's not good. Right, that's what I'm saying, right? Like That's like a huge security risk, right? Mm. If they only forced you to turn it off for that one time... Well, the whole bad. time you're playing. The whole yeah, time you're playing has to be turned off. Not- it's not that it's not that big of a deal as long as you can turn it back on later. Yeah, but it just seems it just seems weird that they have to force you to do something that even if it's only leaving you open for you know whatever 7 hours or something like that, something that you don't want to do, which is turn off the two-factor system in general. Like that's why it's there for a reason to protect you and the only way to engage in that tournament is by doing something you but don't want to do. The way, the way the two-factor authentication works is to stop you, to stop to stop someone else um, logging into a different thing, um, <clears throat> logging into your account on a different device. Now, well, I'm logging in on, <laughs> on a different exactly. device. Yeah. That's, that's why they wanted you to turn it off, is so that you could log into another thing and log in your account onto a different device. So it's not that big of a deal because they know who's doing it. it as long as you turned it back on, I did when right. You, right when I lost, yeah. I turned it back it, on. It doesn't. So it doesn't matter. You're fine. It's I don't know. I just big. felt uncomfortable, and I, I was not alone. There was a lot of. There were a number of VGC players that played Go here or in Baltimore because they they had nothing else to do. That like a lot of people felt that way. That was very uncomfortable for them to force us to turn off two factor. Like it feels like there has to be a better solution than that you know what i mean yeah i got you so i don't know but overall like your friend adam doricott was actually casting tcg this weekend oh yeah he's a he's a dual Daz is a dual threat so he had a good time this uh this weekend in baltimore got to hang out with him hang out with some some other friends and stuff so overall it was a it was a really fun time joe thanks for asking I'm glad you had a good time, Joe. And now, most likely, I'm not going to any other regionals in the next, whatever, three, three and a half months until uh, VGC comes back in, in January. So now I can can relax a little. You know, I don't have to walk in the park anymore because I'm not playing Go. Yeah, now it's time to get a job. Yeah, that would be nice. <clears throat> or, well, well, Joe, it's been great. Great talking to you. I'm glad you had a great time, but um, I want to thank you. I want to thank our listeners. I want to thank um, the Pokemon Company. I want to thank Pikachu. I want to thank Detective Pikachu. For, oh, uh, did you get your thing, you? by the way, real quick? The thing I bought you in London? 
Oh yeah, I did. Sorry, I was like, "What are you talking about?" It's okay. You can continue closing out the show. I just, I just needed to know because it, it was supposed to, it was supposed to come today, and the UPS guy was like super shady. So I just wanted to make sure. Okay, I'm happy. I'm happy it came. Okay, go ahead. Um, I want to thank Pikachu, and thank you again for joining us on this episode of Cup of Joe's, and we'll catch you next time on the next episode of Cup of Joe's. <laughs>